Hey there, guess what? We have something awesome to tell you. We are so excited to announce that The Product Boss is officially part of the HubSpot Podcast Network family. I mean, I am just jumping out of my chair with excitement. So excited because the HubSpot Network is the audio destination for business professionals and their love language is the same as ours, business education. You're listening to The Product Boss Podcast, the go-to podcast for product business owners wanting to increase visibility and scale their sales while building their dream life. We are beyond excited to be a part of the HubSpot Podcast Network family and locking arms with so many other highly respected business shows that sole purpose is to help small businesses worldwide continue to thrive and grow. Like Gold Digger with Jenna Kutcher, the Success Story Podcast with Scott D. Clary, and Online Marketing Made Easy with Amy Porterfield. So listen to The Product Boss and more shows like us on the HubSpot Podcast Network at hubspot.com slash podcast network. Shh, can you hear that? It's the sound of the holidays. Yep, they're coming. Actually, you might even say they're already here. Everyone with a product business knows that this right here, right now is the prime opportunity to gain some traction in your business and generate significant revenue. And Mina and I, we want that for you. Okay. We want that for you. And that's why we put together the product boss's guide to getting holiday ready checklist. We call it a checklist, but it's so much more than that. It's your crash course for getting your business holiday ready so that you can have an amazing Q4, right? That's quarter four. Now we've packed it full of checklists, planners, tips, resources, and our very best advice for making sure you're ready and prepared for a successful holiday season in your business and into the new year. And my friend, the best news is it's yours for free, totally free. So consider it a holiday gift from us. Just head over to theproductboss.com slash holiday ready. That's theproductboss.com slash holiday ready to grab your getting holiday ready checklist and get ready to sell your way through the holidays. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlosita. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. We are so excited to bring you this epic interview. You have no idea what's to come. Um, This is just incredible. Even just the pre-roll that we were having um, and talking about all the amazing things that this woman has done and built. And wait until you hear the numbers of the, the her revenue for this business and what she's built from the ground up herself. So I want to welcome everybody. Um, we've got Katie Mamari. She is the founder and CEO of Caden Lane. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast. Thank you. I'm so epic. You describe me with epic. That I love it. Epic. That's amazing. You are an <laughs> epic human on this planet that has done amazing things that are unprecedented. So we are so excited to have you on. 
Oh, thank you. I, it's probably not there. I, I screw things up all the time. So, but I appreciate that. So thank you. <laughs> Don't we all? So Katie, tell our listeners, um, if they haven't heard of Kate and Lane before, but just give us a quick intro to you. Yeah. So Kate and Lane, um, is a brand of baby products. And, um, right now as we stand, it is a direct consumer company. So we make everything from like swaddles and baby knot gowns to big kid pajamas and a whole array of like personalized products. It's super fun, but it did not start that way. Um, I actually started this company, um, pregnant with my first baby 17 years ago and with a line of diaper bags and like the old story goes, I mean, literally went door to door knocking at retail stores, convincing them to buy my diaper bags. Turns out a pregnant entrepreneur selling a baby product is a really great marketing scheme. So (laughs) (laughs) I stuck with that and yeah, and we've just kind of pivoted and grown, um, with our customer, with the way people shop and all the things, you know, until it is today. So yeah, it's pretty crazy, but baby products, if you are pregnant or going to baby shower gifts, hopefully we are your person. And is that also a tip for people for marketing to get pregnant and then go and try and sell their baby products? I mean, look. (laughs) Or hire a sales rep that's very pregnant, I feel like. (laughs) Well, actually, I say for any entrepreneurs out there, the first thing that you should not do is hire people. You should, all entrepreneurs throughout the entire journey should really know almost every aspect of their business. Yeah. Uh, it helps you sleep at night. <laughs> mm, yeah. You sure. need to do it first and then hire yeah. once you once you've done it. Always, girl. I actually last year talked to a founder of a um, women's like beauty brand, and she sold it. She's phenomenal, huge brand, and we were laughing about our experiences, which is our companies and the growth and everything. And and she kind of said to me, she's like, you know, it's so funny. Like you're really like in the nitty gritty of the business. And she said, when I started this company, she said, my goal was always just to be a founder. And she goes, I never, I wanted to hire the people to do the things. And I was like, I'm so jealous. Like I have a control problem and I do all the things, you know, I wish I could be like that. But what I admired about her was also, you know, the opposite of what she admired about me. And yeah, so I still stick with it. I feel like if you were really wanting to start your own business, you, yeah, the last thing you should be doing is is hiring other people until you figure it out. Until you figure it out. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing with our our students and our community is a lot of them are wearing all the hats, right? Like we come Always. into this, we create it. And I think there's there's a differentiator between um, they wear all the hats, but then they hold on so tight, like like grip on uh, with like, you know, and then, but there is also a point to hire, right? Because oh, yeah. you would have never been able to grow your business as big as you did unless, you know, you hired, hired. right? Yeah. 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 I, although I'm very picky and now to this day, like we still half the time I sit through interviews and I really look at people, not so much about what they bring to the table, but am I going to enjoy working with you? Mm. Uh, because I think mm-hmm. so much is teachable or figure outable is what we say, mm-hmm. but, and I have to work with you every day. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I go to the office just like everybody else. So I'm, you know, I'm here for all aspects of it, but yeah, there's always a time and place. And, and it's pretty amazing once, you know, now we have this amazing kind of um, C-suite in place and it's pretty incredible to see people shine at what they do and not, but I can't lie. I still have my hands like dug in real deep. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> yeah. It's because you want it to feel really aligned, right? You know, one yeah. of the things that when you are building a business and you're building it quickly, the faster you 
it, it's really about the alignment rather than the trajectory or even the velocity, right? It's Absolutely. really, really about being aligned and feeling like your voice is, is the voice of the, the company, you know? And, yeah. uh, and then that is, that is a big mind sh- uh, mind, mindset shift of going from solopreneur to somebody who is a leader yeah. and hiring and then going to from small but mighty team to even a bigger team, right? And and uh, giving up a little bit of that control. You didn't mention where you're located out of. Where are you? Where, um, where Texas, you, where are you actually. Texas. Okay, great. Yeah, we're in San Antonio, Texas. So, um, and actually our headquarters is in the Hill Country right outside of it. So, Amazing. yeah. It's awesome. And how big is your? So you've had this business for seventeen years. How big is your yeah. your employee? Like, what's your team look like right now? Well, so most of us are actually in house, and I will say that we never went remote. So we stayed throughout the last two years completely in house. A couple of times we went a little bit remote and lost that team, you know, kind of bonding experience. Um, now we do have a handful of remote people. We're just under fifty total in staff. Amazing. So. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I I didn't hire my first employee until I was almost two years into my business. Okay. So, and I mean, I was, I was sitting, you know, I didn't even have an office really until the first two years. I ha- was shipping out of my garage and sitting on my, um, you know, dining room floor breastfeeding my baby. At, well, you know, the Nordstrom buyer would call and I'd answer the phone and they'd say, can I speak with Katie or, you know, and I'd say, Oh yeah, hold on, please. And then I'd put them on hold. And this is even like kind of I love cell it. phone, you know, like yes, it's it is. early two thousands. Mm-hmm. We had cell phones, but we also still had it's when you lines. have limited minutes, you know, yeah. you know, <laughs> actually our phone number today was my home phone. Back then. Oh, that's cool. And so, because they had, they'd call. And so I'd put it on mute and I'd be like, oh my God, I have to kind of change my name. <laughs> like, like my uh, voice. Um. And I, yeah, I'd be like, this is Katie. And, you know, I'm still like hunched over feeding my baby and like praying that she doesn't cry and, you know, all the things. But um, yeah, it took me a while to get to the point where I was hiring, you know, my first employee and trusting. And really, it started off with just shipping orders and then it grew from there. But that was your first um, hire with shipping orders? My first hire with shipping orders. Yeah. We just, mm-hmm. I was like, it was, I was like the bag lady in my neighborhood and UPS would come five times a day. And, you know, we were shipping a large volume and then I, you know, the inventory kind of exploded from my garage into my living room and the same old story you hear, which I love. I mean, I love working moms that make it happen for themselves and the environment they're in. And you get to a point where you're like, okay, you know, I need to separate this. And for me, it truly was a division of work life which I still, you know, mm-hmm. I suck at that actually. <laughs> like mine's <laughs> yeah. a big blur, but yeah. I had no stopping point. So I would, you know, I'd work all day and then I'd work till two o'clock in the morning. And, and I just felt like I wasn't giving anything my hundred percent. And so I decided that it just working from home wasn't for me and got an office and actually hired a girl that was straight out of college. And we just, we winged it. I mean, I remember her holding my baby, like as the UPS guy was delivering boxes, you know, in our teeny tiny little thousand square foot 
office and she was, you know, 21 years old and didn't have kids. And so I'd be on the phone and like the baby would be crying in the little cradle and she'd go get them and be kind of awkwardly like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it and did the, evolve though. Sounds like, because you, oh, yeah. your model back then sounded like it was wholesale then because if yeah. it was a Nordstrom buyer, but now, and it was uh, diaper bags and now it's mm-hmm. direct to customer baby clothing right for and, and swaddle and blankets so talk to us a little bit about that like that yeah. you know the evolution of what um your business was yeah and before we do that i don't think we're we're grounding this and people understanding how big your business actually is so before we i want to go to the like getting to where we are but can we just share yeah. around where we're at now like in terms of revenue and how big your business is so we have just under 50 employees do yeah. you manufacture domestically overseas we do both actually. Okay. We, yeah, all of our personalization is here in the US. Uh-huh. Um, and then we work with several different factories that are overseas in different countries and right. putting different products. But yeah. so then, drum roll, please, so everyone knows the size of business we're talking about. What, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Can I? We said this in the front hand. I said, there, you know, it's not fair when they say eight, fig, seven figure, eight figure, nine figure business. I feel like it should be like, 7.5 or 8.5 <laughs> or, you know, and I'm, and I'm trying to get better at this. I always say like, I want the confidence and be able to brag like a man, right? Like all mm-hmm. men in business. And if you listen to podcasts with men in business, they're just like, yeah, I did 200 million last year and this and that. And for some reason, women kind of are, you know, we're like, oh yeah, it was a really good day yesterday. And yeah, like you know, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. Like we did half a million yesterday, yesterday, but yeah, we are very proud that we're continuing to double our revenue year over year. We'll hit nine figures very soon. Nine figures. So, so everyone knows what that is because you know, me and I are excellent at math. That's a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Right. So this is, this is, congratulations, my friend, being a mom with a baby and, you know, I have five kids. Five, and you had five Girl, kids over those 17 years. I, I, my brain is exploding right now. <laughs> I'm full. Like this, we can turn this into a working mom podcast like very quickly. So I birthed three of them and I actually grew this company as a single mom. Uh, so no support whatsoever. And then just last year, got remarried uh, to a wonderful man. It took him a very long time to convince me to remarry him <laughs> or to get remarried. <laughs> to get <married. laughs> yeah, in general. And then with him came two fabulous kids. So oh. yeah, so I have five in total, which is insane because I'm not sure which is harder sometimes is the five kids or the 50 employees. I mean, yeah, I, I like I have well, I mean, for 15, one. <laughs> Or the one is getting to mid-size though. Or the one husband. Yeah. Yeah. The one husband. Yeah. Like that's why you were really holding off. You're like, I don't know that I can handle you, the one husband. The kids are good. The business completely. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yes. (laughs) Like, yeah. Recently, my sister said to me, she's like, you're married now. Like why, you know, because my whole thing is very much like I love single women. I just think women can do anything and you know, single mom or just working women in general are amazing. And so, but yeah, I'm very proud of the fact of what I've done with all of it. So 17 years ago, when you're sitting there breastfeeding, answering a phone for Nordstrom's, if we told you back then, you know, hey, you know, Katie, in 17 years, you're going to have a hundred million dollar business. Would you have laughed? Would you have cried? Would you have jumped out the, like, (laughs) did you have those big dreams back then? Because I think a lot of our listeners get stuck. They, yeah. it, it's scary for them to dream big or audaciously. Like we, 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 we get everyone thinking, can you make your first six figures? Right. And sometimes yeah. it's like, do you want to be a million dollar business? So many thoughts come up that makes yeah. them say no, absolutely not. Never. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, you know what the crazy part is, is still, you know, we sit down and do all like our projections for next year. And I'm, and, you know, we go over our budget and I'm like, in my brain quietly, I'm like, there's no way <laughs> that's crazy. And, and then we hit them. And so, yeah, I mean, I think from, from, you know, we had a huge pivot. So like we mentioned before, we were only wholesale for a very long time. Um, and then in 2018 is when we completely pivoted our brand. So we've always reached the same audience. It's always been really the pregnant mom. So from diaper bags to crib bedding, nursery design, and now baby apparel. And I mean, I remember when we turned on our website and I was so happy to get $500 in an, you know, in a day. Right. And I'd be like, oh my God, if we could just do like 2,500 in a day, like how much would that be in a month? And I'd be so happy. I'd never ask for anything else. Like if we can just hit that and then we'd hit it and then it would go and then we'd be, you know, and then we'd do a hundred thousand in a month and I, and we would have parties. So back then, cause there was only a team of like four or five of us in that, in that transition in 2018 to 2020. And so we would literally have parties with day drinking at work. Like we would, we hit a hundred thousand, like we hit, and then we'd hit a million. And then we just, and it just kind of started to steamroll. I mean, where it was just like, oh my God, we just did that. And you stop and think about how many orders you just shipped or how many lives you just interacted with, or how many newborns are wearing your product. I mean, it's very surreal. And I'll tell you that like, you know, for anyone listening this at the very beginning point where they're, I have this great product idea, you know, this is what I want to do. I'd be so happy if I did a hundred thousand in a year, I'd be so happy if I did a million in a year. Like that's, I feel like every entrepreneur sets goals like that for themselves. And, you know, at the end of the day, and no matter what size you are, that imposter syndrome is real. Like yeah. it's just very, I mean, I'm sure you guys even still right to this moment, you're like, we do a podcast and it's amazing. And we know we're amazing on a certain level. And then you talk to somebody else that's doing a podcast that's maybe bigger and you're like, but we're so similar, you know, and it's all the same. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, when I started this company, like you said, very long time ago, my goals were just to be, I thought it was so cool to have a product where somebody in maybe another country was using it. And, you know, to this day, if I see a newborn in the airport and the mom has like our swaddle or one of our footies on her, I walk up to her and I compliment her and I go, I really love your swaddle, you know, and she'll go, thank you. And I'll go, where did you get it? She'll say, Caden Lane, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. I've heard great things. And then I walk away because it's just, it still is. Yeah. I mean, I just, I have to remind myself that the sky is the limit and there is no, like we talk about hundred million in revenue. That's crazy, but we'll hit it. And so it's like, you know, where is the norm? And each time it shifts and, you know, as an entrepreneur, like in those early days, accepting the fact that it's going to be a roller coaster for sure. I mean, you know, when they talk about business being like the ups and downs, you know, you can kind of judge the ups and downs with holidays. Like right now we're going into fourth quarter with, you know, Black Friday and Christmas. And so it's just, it's crazy and insane, but our busy season actually starts in January when baby shower season is. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, 
evolving and pivoting and changing and and being open to change, I think um, is a lesson that all entrepreneurs learn the hard way, Mm -hmm. you know, right? And it's like also what drives us. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's all the crazy things. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, even with you, can you talk a little bit about, so you sell direct to customer and on your website, but do you sell on uh, what other, do you sell on Amazon nope. or any other platforms or anything? Nope, <laughs> none, none of it. I'm all whatever is about to come out of your mouth. We don't do. Mm-hmm. My okay. thing is, I I want to own the process. And one of the biggest, um, I guess, shifts for us in deciding to to change from wholesale to direct to consumer was that I wasn't getting to speak directly to my customer. And, you know, my customer is this young mom pregnant with her first, maybe second, you know, young children under 10. And I just wasn't, there wasn't that direct communication. And so when we transitioned to direct to consumer, I mean, we had we used to um, sell through Amazon and all the websites. And I mean, Bye Bye Baby and Nordstrom and any single website that any expecting mom or new mom would go to, they could find Caden Lane on it. And I just made the decision that I want to be responsible for my brand's identity. And I want to own the process so that I know that from the moment that product was designed to the day it's delivered on her front porch in the cute Polly that stands out from all her Amazon packages and, you know, has the, not the crinkly cheapy packaging. It's like when they open it, it's an experience. And when they wash it and put it on their baby, it's an experience. And yeah, I just, I don't believe in the traditional roles that retail and direct to consumer play. I think that online in general has great opportunity to really recreate it. So I actually own, I have two companies. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I told y'all that, but I own a um, retail store. So it's a old school brick and mortar, you know, baby store, like the kinds that 10, 20 years ago, that's where you'd go to find what you wanted for your baby. And I love it. To me, it's like a focus group because, you know, I'll go and spend a day there and I see these new moms coming in who don't even look like they're old enough to have babies, you know, Uh (laughs) and I could be their grandmother or whatever, <laughs> but, um, but by the way, everyone, Katie looks like she's 35. No, so she definitely like, could not so be. Them. That's no what grandma. makes it so funny. You guys uh. are amazing. Stop it. My filter must be working well. Is there a filter on zoom? I don't know, but, um, but, but what is, what I love so much about, you know, old school brick and mortar retail is the experience. And what we don't have yet online is recreating that experience for retailers. So we like pride ourselves in our store. We want everybody to walk in, even if they don't buy something, we want them to walk out and go, oh my God, those were the nicest people ever. And maybe we gave them just a nugget of something like an experience with birth or, you know, Hey, why don't you try, you know, this is what we hear mom saying about these bottles or these, you know, Uh, breast pads or this maternity clothes or whatever it is. We're just trying to create a community of moms that are willing to share with each other because you can Google as much as you want, but the best advice you'll ever get as a mom working or stay at home comes from your mother or your best friend. Always experience rules and Google doesn't yet prioritize experience, you know, and even as it is in business, you can Google business questions 
just because it's on the first page does not mean it's the end all answer. You know, it's talking to other entrepreneurs, hearing their stories, hearing the journeys. That's what, you know, helps people learn. So, so full circle, right? Like why are we doing direct to consumer and why only online and not through these other channels is I think, and you know, what we're really aiming to create is, is more of a community of these moms you know, reaching out and helping each other so that they don't have to Google about, you know, cradle cap or sleepless nights or the best bottle or, you know, tricks to, you know, your nipples bleeding and all the problems you have as a new mom. Um, And so that's, yeah, it's why we want to keep it ourselves. Now, I also never say never. Like next year, if you get on, there's some new Amazon comes out, some brilliant guy is in his garage right now creating the next big thing. Or a woman, right? Uh, Amen, sister. Yes. <laughs> I'm <laughs> done with all these guys taking over tech. <laughs> Me too. I'm done with all of them taking over everything. Yes. Move over, boys. Like, we're here. We want to go and... to space too, okay? Yeah. I don't know. I don't really want to. I know. Go I know. To space. I'm totally kidding. I actually don't want to leave this out. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they have, like, I don't know. I figure my wine bottle might explode if we go up there. So I. <laughs> I don't want to go, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really exciting time right now to be an entrepreneur Mm, because yeah, when I started like that retail store, the only people I could touch were people that lived within a, what, 45 mile radius, Mm -hmm. you know? And when I started Caden Lane, I mean, I, if I wanted a store in New York, I had to go to market in New York to get mm-hmm. that store, you know, with my baby strapped to me in this sling and I mean, and all the things. And if I wanted to reach East coast, I needed to go there. And, and today, you know, more than any time we can reach people in other countries, you know, as easy as we can reach somebody in our neighborhood. And that's pretty incredible. Like it yeah. makes the world a lot smaller, you know? It, it it does. You know, I think that one of the things that I want everybody not to get lost in here though, is that, you know, you are able to go direct customer, but you had to go through that evolution of your business, right? So you weren't yeah. able to start there. Um, in a way, because every level you get to, the growth is in the transition. It's in the pivoting. It's in the, you know, seeing what's in front of you where, yeah. you know, if you're starting from ground zero right now, you wouldn't have the audience. You aren't yeah. afforded the options. You don't get those big opportunities. You make the way. And through experience, like what you were saying, experience and reaching out and really just going after it, then you open those doors for yourself of, you know, then you can get in because sometimes there does take you having to go through the experience of all these other things. You get Mm -hmm. to the level and then at that level, it will take something different. It will take something different for you to push through. So for you, that was going direct to customer, for example, right? That makes you unique and transitioning your product even for the world to open up in, in a certain way. You know, because you're even at a mid-sized business now because you're at 50, whereas small businesses are, you know, employees zero to 50. So going through all of that, it really took that. They're stepping stones for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. And and I don't Mm -hmm. think that somebody listening that wants to be direct consumer has to do wholesale first. That's not the world we live in today. If I had started this company, you know, to... A month ago versus... This is going to be my next question. So if you were to start this company a month ago... <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yes, okay. Yes. What would I do first? Yeah. Um, so my whole thing has always been, if I can create a really great product that I would use, that I would buy, you know, then there has to be somebody else 
doing it or that not doing it, that, that wants it also. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think if I was starting this company today, you know, I think I would start with a direct to consumer. I think that the best way to start a business today is to do it the way that you think business should be ran, not how somebody else is doing it. And if you are, you know, risky enough, right. To be able to say, I can do it better than somebody else. And you stick with that. I think that you proving that to the world becomes your mission. And that's the excitement of being an entrepreneur. You know, it doesn't just because your competitor has a shop on Etsy and Amazon by no means does it mean you have to. In fact, I think if you do it differently, um, it sets you apart. As the product class has grown, Mina and I have gone from being intensely connected and always knowing what the other is doing in business to building out a team and learning how to layer in different levels of communication among all the different team members. We've learned from experience that when there's a communication breakdown between the different roles of the business, the customers are the ones who may suffer the most. And that's not what we want at all. Nope, not at all. We prioritize and strongly value great customer experiences from start to finish every time. Creating great customer experiences starts with having a full picture. And having the full picture starts with having teams that are connected. HubSpot helps your team stay and feel connected. They can finish each other's sentences, sales pitches. Yep, it's that kind of connected. Yes, and the HubSpot CRM platform is carefully crafted from the ground up designed to unite your data, apps, and teams in a single, easy-to-use system. So instead of wasting valuable time tracking down information, your teams can spend their time having conversations where it matters most with your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. So my question to you, because you said the experience, right? The experience for the customer is all-encompassing. I mean, you've just launched a podcast um, where you're speaking directly. And this is not telling all of our people out there to go launch a podcast. Now you have a big community that already has Yeah, and you have an audience that you're Mm -hmm. speaking to already. But it sounds Mm -hmm. like you're really cued in, like you said, to marketing, right? Or to connecting deeply with your customers, not even marketing, connecting deeply with them and meeting their needs where they are. So my question, I'm looking at your website. It's beautiful. There's video when we jump on. If someone out there is thinking, okay, well, you have over 400,000 followers on Instagram. You know, you've got all these customers. Like that all sounds great. But how would you tell somebody to kind of start to create that? Like have that experience online that differentiates them. Have that experience on social where it's not just selling, but rather like you said, community and, and other ways in which they can build that. Whether they're selling jewelry, candles, dog collars, like whatever it is. Yeah. And you know, the funny part about social... I've, we've always said, I mean, if you'd looked at our Instagram and even when you say it now and you're like, you have 400,000 followers and I'm like, Oh, we should have You're more. a legit influencer. <laughs> no, we're not. No, I mean, more. there's, there are brands that have th- three times what we have and have half the revenue, but I'll bet your engagement is high. Our engagement is very high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're real and we're not about, you know, we're very much like you either like us or you don't. And it's okay because we don't have to be everything to everybody, right? We want to be all the things to most of the people because that's attached to revenue and the whole thing. like you can't go so exclusive, right? That you just like pigeonhole yourself and you're out of any kind of marketing capacity or scalability. But um, 
but yeah, I, you know, I don't, the thing with, with social media and, and Instagram and TikTok, right. Those are the two big ones right now is just because you post something and it gets a fraction of the likes that you think it should does not mean it's a flop. Um, I mean, it's not, sometimes some of our best sellers, we post pictures of and it gets zero engagement. And then we have like what we call like teasers or high engagement posts or reels that are for products that we don't even sell high volume, but people just like to engage with. It's kind of like Mm. when you shop, like, let's say like women's clothing, right? Like we always, you know, we scroll through the pictures, we click on the outfits that we know we'll never wear, right? But we just want to like picture ourselves wearing it. And then we go back and we buy the same like solid colored v-neck t-shirt that we always buy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you feel seen, Mina? <laughs> no. I just think, you know, definitely I I think that it is social is meant to be social. Right. And the thing is, what we see is that most people, they, what they have in their daily life is not, social is not reality is what I'm trying to say. It is definitely not reality. Nor is it Mm -hmm. a, um, a way to judge your success of your business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just not. I I mean, we, Mm -hmm. with our capacity and our revenue and our growth, we should have 2 million followers, but we don't, because we don't care. Like, you know, I don't, our customers, I'd, I'd say a good percentage of our customers aren't even on Instagram. Um, what we really try to focus on is if like one of you two, you know, had a young baby and our swaddle was the one that you always grabbed to in your drawer or your diaper bag, and then your best friend became pregnant. We want to be the first thought that crosses your mind because you go to her registry and you're like, oh, I can buy her like that bottle. And I know she needs it, but this is what she's really going to love. And if I can connect with my customer that way, the same way, like, apparently you're a V-neck t-shirt person like me. <laughs> I, I mean, don't think when, I own a V-neck, but it's me. My whole oh, point okay. was that it's funny because, you know, like when people live vicariously through social, it's why they watch yeah. reality TV, why there's, you know, all these different things. Because like when you are a mom and you're overwhelmed and you're like covered in puke, it's nice to look at the highlight reels of people, little babies dressed up yes. very, you know, and they're chunky and Cute and daydream and, you know, about yes. the like, I'm going to take the first day of school picture like that. And you yes, like yes. maybe order the chalkboard on Amazon and then you take the picture and it looks like it. and you don't even post it because <laughs> it's like, yeah, because the majority of us are just getting by. Yeah. And yes. I think that's even that rule applies to us in motherhood and also right. Uh, it applies to business. And you don't mm-hmm. have to have a million followers to have a successful business. You just have to have a really great product. And most and people don't, even if those, it's like what yeah. you said before, where like, if you, if, if you look at somebody's following, let's say there's 2 million, doesn't necessarily mean that they're anything. really, they're profitable. It doesn't mean anything actually it means that yeah. they're great at Instagram, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah, so, that's right. And I think know. people fret like they're like, if I'm going to start a product today, I have to have mm-hmm. a viral TikTok. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't. You know, there's so many ways to reach our customer now today and, and think outside of the box. I mean, you know, we back back in the day, right? I mean, we used to send <laughs> postcards, like the old school postcards to OBGYN offices. 
to put in their first mom packages because, you know, they send, if you go to your first appointment, they send you with a yeah. bag of like prenatals and like information and, and remember the stuff. Similac things and everything. All the too. Things. So much yeah, Similac. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a Caden Lane postcard in there too. Would you and offer so, a discount with that? Or was it just mm-hmm. like a, Hey, we're Caden Lane. We tried both ways. People yeah. love a discount. I mean, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they just do. Moms. Yeah. It feels good. Like there's nothing I hate more than going to check out on a website. And that like promo code box is haunting you. And yes, you, you know, and you Google and you search and like, the, <laughs> even those coupon sites don't work anymore. Like you yeah. can't, and it, it's just, it's almost insulting. <laughs> like, you know yeah. that. And so, yeah, we try to, you know, I try to put myself in the position of the mom's buying the product and Mm. we try to be extremely thoughtful. And I think, you know, back to it, if there is a, you know, somebody out of college and they're like, I really want to be a designer. And, and this is something to, um, this is, sorry, my brain, I'm like one of those computer screens that has like a hundred tabs open and I'm having full conversations in my head, but I'm giving you guys the cliff notes and the highlights. Perfect. It sounds like my brain. (laughs) Yeah. So We, so when I first started, I always wanted to be an apparel brand. Like I just wanted to do cute prints that are soft and cozy, like the kind of things I buy for myself. But I knew I can't sew a button onto a shirt. I knew nothing about manufacturing. I studied marketing in college, which was a joke. I mean, still to this day, I go back and speak at schools about marketing and the kid and the teacher's like, this is what we're teaching them. And I'm like, what world do y'all live in? Like, this isn't even a thing anymore, you know? And so thank God for, you know, people coming in and guest speakers because real world matters. It does. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so I wanted apparel. I knew it was oversaturated. I knew it was going to be harder for me to break through the ceiling. I knew that I didn't know what I needed to know. And so I said, well, how can I create a relationship with the same customer that is going to buy the apparel line I eventually do? And diaper bags was an easier, less saturated, no size runs, you know, a more simple product for me to break in and prove myself as a brand with. And then we expanded into um, crib bedding and nursery design and things like that. And it just kind of evolved that way. And, you know, I think I'd still say that today to an entrepreneur is maybe you have like this, I want to do this one day, but it requires a huge investment or it requires, you know, a skill set that you don't yet have. How else can you touch that customer and start to build that community around your brand that proves yourself, right? So you're right. I mean, it's easier for us to come out with a podcast today. Had I come out with a podcast 20 years ago, they'd be like, who's Katie Mamari and and why is she the expert in whatever it is she's talking about? And so now later on, we can say like, we've worked with, you know, millions and millions of moms. Like this is the feedback we get and do posts and things. And so I have that behind me. And And, you know, you don't have to have that coming out of the gates. The focus should be very laser and you need to be willing to pivot at any moment. I mean, truly, like if it's, Mm -hmm. you can't get your feelings hurt. If you go out and you're like, I'm going to do diaper bags, which is really what we did. We did diaper bags. And then I started to design my own nursery, realized Pottery Barn was like the only thing out there on the market, teddy bears and choo-choo trains. And I was like, this is horrible. I need something new, you know? And I said, well, I'm just going to do it myself. And with, 
without it even being on purpose, we transitioned from a diaper bag company to a crib bedding company mm. um, just because of, of need. So, and I think that organic evolution is what has made some of the biggest companies where they are today is because they were willing and open to change and uh, embraced it and didn't fight it. You know, um, I do have a question for you, Katie. When yeah. you first started, did you um, did you have venture capital backing? Like, how did you fund your own business? So we no, I'm a hundred percent privately owned, debt free, debt free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, we we are completely we are the definition of bootstrap. I'm like the Gerber baby of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started my first company in college. And I was actually a photographer, and that was my first touch with babies in general, and and seeing the the buying power behind moms with babies and, you know, $20 in their pocket. Um, and I had worked through college and had, a, I went to university of Texas and had a boat. So I was a big boat girl and I wanted to, I graduated, wanted to start my own company and couldn't go and get the funding. I had no credit available. I mean, aside from a credit card. And so I sold my boat and I used that cash to start my company, basically that cash I sold from the boat, I used for my first order. And I placed, it was a $20,000 order, which you can imagine at 22 years old, I was like, this and is all then, the money. That's like a hundred thousand dollars. It was a lot. Of, I, you know. it was, and I was pregnant. Yeah. It was, yeah. I was, um, our first manufacturer was in Mexico and so we're in yeah. Texas. So it's very close. And, you know, I spoke Spanish. And so for me, it was just an easy way to reach out to that country. I knew nothing about China or India or any of these other countries that were doing manufacturing. And, um, I found a manufacturer in Guadalajara and went down there, drew out my first prototypes on a piece of paper, didn't even have like a sewn nothing and um, worked through about three months worth of like prototypes, like yes, no. And I'd go to Macy's and Nordstrom and Dillard's and all those when they, and I would look at every purse and I'd be like, okay. And I'd take my measuring tape into the like department stores, measure pockets and measure depth. And I taught myself what it was like to design and create a product like that. And then yeah, placed the first purchase order. It got delivered into my garage, filled it to the ceiling. And that's when I put one of each style on my back, literally on my shoulder and went door to door and started off in our own city, San Antonio, then went to Houston, then to Dallas. And all the stores were ordering like $500 orders, which I thought was like, oh my God, this is so much money. I'll pay off all my debt in like six months, you know? And, um, and then, yeah. And then sent post, you know, postcards out to stores. I actually, my first customer list, I spent like a whole week online Googling baby stores in like big cities. And I created my own spreadsheet of addresses and I sent out, um, postcards, which I actually, my whole thing was, I wanted to be different in the mailbox. And so I printed all these postcards. I punched holes in them and I took like an old school diaper pen. Like, do you remember the kind that like had pink or blue tops on them? Yeah. And I put it together to hold the catalog together. Oh, yeah. And I held my breath (laughs) (laughs) and I mailed them and yeah, went to my first market with a six week old 
and New York and that and Nordstrom actually wrote an order at the very first market. Wow, so, that's huge. Yeah. And when you took that order, because you know, when you're working with big box stores, it's a little bit yeah. scary. They have a lot of rules. I know oh a lot of times God. people are like, I want to sell big box. I'm like, are you ready? Because I don't oh, know that you're ready. <laughs> sister, are you? That's a sister. third podcast. So far, we've got two more we can talk about. For you're going to be a regular. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it is, it's cool. Like it, it is, it's cool. And the second I said we sell to Nordstrom's, they were like, oh, Mm. And I'm like, man, uh, but whatever you Mm. play the game and you know it, I think like everything in life, you, you have to prove yourself, you know, coming these kids. I mean, I've got teenagers and I tell them this all the time and I'm like, nothing is given to you anymore, you know, and you can be bitter and think that everybody else has it, or you can go out and prove yourself. And I think that applies in their sports that they're doing right now. I think that applies as a young adult starting their first company, you know, don't get mad because people aren't just taking you as like real or legit. You have to put in the work. I mean, roll up your sleeves and when, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, that's a real thing. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think you'd be hard to come by a true founder or entrepreneur that didn't tell you like when it got bad, I was on the front line. So, and you know, when maybe some of their staff wasn't right, like they went, they were like, oh, today's horrible. And they went home and, you know, an entrepreneur says today's horrible and they go home and they, they don't sleep because all they can think about was today was horrible. Right. They're (laughs) still fixing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to say, I'm like, you know, people are like, do you love being an entrepreneur? And I'm like, yeah, but yes, I do. And, you know, sometimes I envy like nine to five jobs because, you know, when you have a nine to five job, you're like, if I just work for myself, then I could do what I wanted. And if I just had my own business, then I could be my own boss. And I'm like, yeah, but ultimately you're trading your nine to five for 24 seven. So you better really like what you're doing because it becomes your identity, you know, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, we met a Cirque du Soleil artist from um, the Beatles show in Vegas. And he, he was saying how, you know, and this man is, he's been training since he was like, I don't know, eight or nine Olympic level gymnastics. You look at him and you're like, this person, they're everything is incredible about them and their work ethic. And I was so blown away by what he said. He's like, I'm more, and this is a British accent. He sounds like very, you know, very- You're going to do the British accent right now? I do not do well. But he, but he said, he's like, I am more impressed by the bloke that has a full-time job that has who's built that has like this amazing body. Cause he's like, my entire life is dedicated towards my body and training and staying at peak performance. And he couldn't actually understand the person who's in the nine to five. That's also able to focus on themselves. So I I thought about that. I was like, that is truly entrepreneurship as well. Right? Like, there are people out there the other side where you're working. And we have a lot of listeners that are full-time, they have full-time jobs. And this is For their side sure. hustle, full-time yeah. job side hustle. And they have kids and they're single moms. And yeah. you know, we all look at it as grass is greener, right? Here's this Cirque du Soleil performer who's like amazed. And we're looking like, wow, you know, if only we could yeah. do that. I can't so, even touch my toes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I blame that on the pandemic for me. I'm like, I stopped going to yoga. But yeah, I think that's the thing. Like grass is always greener, but think about the fact that everyone's like, gosh, if only I was there. And I think it's the effort that we put in. And like you said, if you're aligned with what you do, if you're passionate about it, if it's the thing that keeps you, um, you're waking up late, excited. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah. you may be crying, right? 
but you're still excited Likely. about what you're yeah. building. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> There's been lots of tears and lots of drinking and lots of all the things. <laughs> I love that you're so real about that. Go ahead, Mina. Um, I, I kind of lost it a little bit. I think that, um, my, my whole thought was that, yeah, that we do look at it and we're like, Ooh, if I only had the discipline that, mm-hmm. you know, the Cirque du Soleil or this person had and, or that Katie it, had, yeah. Or that Katie had, if I just had that discipline, but the truth of the matter is that we all are, are living our own version of that life. Right. Yeah. So the people that, um, I think that what you do really well is that you, live that life, whether it gets hard or it's easy and you, it's just your life, you know, like you're just like living your life and you're just making it happen in a lot of ways. And I think that that's the, really the spirit of the entrepreneur is, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why it's always like that roller coaster is like, it's just like you said, it becomes your identity, right? It's, um, you just know, well, I'm, I'm just going to keep going forward. And it doesn't, it's not all rainbow and sunshines. Obviously it's not all discipline either. No. It's definitely like a, a little bit of a mix of both, because I do think that it, it's not just, cause you won't, even as an entrepreneur, it's not just hard work either, you know, um, because you can't just hard work your way to something, No, you know, yeah. as an entrepreneur. Just, just mm-hmm. because you sit at a desk all day or you feel yeah. like you're doing something it might not be moving the needle. And that's yeah. a good point. You know, you mm. have, I think it always goes back to, I'm, I'm very open to change. And so mm-hmm. if I yeah. see the needle not moving, I change the direction of the course. And, you know, people like consistency, like we're comfortable in it, right? Yeah. All of us are like, you know, schedules make us feel good. Most people, right? Like it's just Mm -hmm. all the things. And I think a really great entrepreneur doesn't thrive off of, you know, the expected. They thrive off of the challenge of what's next. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a thrill seeker. You know, I always say like, I hate going to Vegas because I'm not a gambler. Like if I were to sit at a table and they're like, put $20 on black or white or black or red. And I'm like, okay, red, I got red hair. So I'm gonna put it on red and I lose. I'm like, that was horrible. Like $20. Oh my God. Like this is the worst thing in the whole, I hate it because to me, my effort didn't, you know, wasn't rewarded. Right. Like it just wasn't there. And you know, and so I've always said, like, I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambler. And and a really good friend of mine that's a um, advisor too. And he said, he's like, you have greater risk than probably mm-hmm. the top poker players. And he was like, because you're risking. He said, you know, 17 years ago, you risked your entire savings on yeah. a dream, right? Mm-hmm. But what I risked by not doing that was living the next 20 years, saying what if, mm-hmm. and you know, the same reason why I didn't stay right in a bad marriage is we have one life, like that's it. And I think that's the difference between what entrepreneurs and why somebody that maybe has a nine to five, that's got a side hustle and she's listening to us. And she's like, I hate my job, but I don't make enough money yet doing my side hustle to, you know, whatever. And I'm going to tell her that there's never going to be a time where it's right. And she's going to stand at the cliff as long as she wants to stand at the cliff and she can jump or she cannot jump. And it's okay, like both ways, right? But for most parts, the entrepreneur jumps. And if you're not a jumper, then, you know, it's just, it, it, it's just what it is. And I think that sometimes we have to be told like, 
you learn by experience. You know, you can listen to all the podcasts and hear all the stories and all the things, but your story is different than mine. And, you know, it's hopefully you hit the level of success that I did faster than 17 years. (laughs) I've been working at this for a very long time. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like I just, I think we hesitate because everyone's afraid of falling or failing in so many things. And, you know, that's the, you can fall and fail staying in your nine to five. Really? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, at least I'm going to fall and fail on my own terms. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about entrepreneurship. And I and, think, go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. I was going to say it. Um, Sorry. It, it went back to the thinking about this performer again in Cirque du Soleil. He said the exact same thing. So I'm just like drawing all these relevant things because you're a successful entrepreneur and this athlete, he's like, I'm, I'm no more scared than the normal guy. He feels, I mean, this is according to him. I'm like, and he's no. flying through the air. Like, <laughs> like yeah. no, but no, you have a, more of a tolerance. He's for like an adrenaline junkie. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. But he said he used his hands. It's very similar to you, like standing on the edge of the cliff. And he's like, I have fear, but my, yeah. my want and desire to do it is so much higher. Yeah. And if I don't do it, it's, it goes below my fear. And what am I willing to live with? And it's very similar to what you're saying because it's like, you're right. I mean, I had someone who's in the military, a woman who jumps out of planes who told me she could never do what I do by oh being an God. entrepreneur. I was like, I could never jump I out of a plane. I could never jump out of a plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are just talking risky. about going to space. So, I mean. <laughs> no, we're really not going to go to space. We're <laughs> not going to space. Even we, if they call us, even if they happen to be listening to this and they're like, I'm sending those two like women to space. Yeah. Like all three of you. This, and actually, it'd probably be a really great reality show to watch totally. us go to space. <laughs> and we never but, actually take off because someone, no. yeah. yeah. No. So, and I, and I think that's what I really, you know, as we start to wrap up here, is I really want our listeners to to understand that we all have that fear, but we do it anyways, right? It's a risk, but we do it anyways. If we fall down, we're going to pick ourselves up and do something else. And I think we get so stuck. You could have gotten stuck 17 years ago being like, I'm pregnant. I have this great idea, but I'm just not going to do it because X, Y, Z. And I'll tell you, I've had more failure than I have had success. Mm. But I think, you know, that that saying like one step forward, two steps back is going to always be in play. And so Mm -hmm. even when you get to a level that you think is your ultimate level, right? Like the, if I could, you know, put myself 20 years ago, sitting next to me and say, look at what you're doing. Like, look at what you did. And she'd be like, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been drinking? Like, what is this? You know? And I'd say, yeah, and you're going to fall a lot and it's going to be really hard. And you're going to have a lot of tears in the bathtub and you're going to have a lot of disappointment and you're going to have a lot of moments where you want to quit, like more than you can count, you know? Yeah. And you get a choice at every one of those crossroads, you get a choice. And that choice is, do I keep going or do I quit? And, you know, even in the hardest moments and you just, that's it. And so I'm a control freak. So I'm like, oh, I love choices. (laughs) It's mine, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's real. And, and it's on every level. And I mean, I assure you that, you know, the most successful people in this world still wake up and worry about all the choices that they've made because they're my choices. So if I work for somebody else, I'm just working for somebody else's choice. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But right now I'm working for my own choice. And there's a lot of power in that. 
you know, and a lot of reward and a lot of fear and drunk nights in the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. You know, when you, when you phrase it as uh, one step forward, two steps back, when you think about that path, it's still progress, right? You're still moving. Whereas some people just, they, they aren't willing to move. Right. Because they're like, I'm not willing to take one step forward only to come two steps back because they're focusing on the fact that they're taking two steps back. But when you think about that math, you're actually still making progress. You're moving forward, you know, you know, so, you know, and I think it's important for them to hear like it's, you know, every, everyone loves to hear about the success stories, but we, what we don't hear about was the struggle to get there. And I, you know, I've, those are my favorite stories right? Yeah. Like the ones that seem attainable for myself. And so that's the part that is inspiring. I mean, we could right? title this as a 17 year overnight success. I mean, that's how people hook onto things. They think it's like an overnight success thing when it really was not, you know, that's yeah. why I was wanting to really to go into your evolution. Because the thing is, it, it's the ones that are extraordinarily successful like yeah. you are the ones that just keep moving forward and they keep changing and pivoting because, you know, like I said, what gets you to this level won't get you to the next level. And when you get to that level, it's like, you can't see, you can't even see what's on the other end of that. Cause you've never been there, you yeah, know? No. And yeah. so it's like, it's almost like convincing yourself over and over, which is really every, day. every day <laughs> of every minute. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And I think, and for, so powerful for me and, and for Mina and I, as we're, we're growing, like we have some amazing things coming down the pike, but like what yeah. you're saying is like, you just have to recommit, right? Like you just have to, mm-hmm. it's like, it can get hard and you get to those crossroads, but these are our choices. And so it's like just saying, these are our choices, but I'm going to keep going and it'll get some months will be easy peasy. And yeah. some months maybe will be two hours. steps forward, only one step back. Yeah. You That's know. a great Paula Abdul said, right? I'm not sure who was the original quote. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. No, I don't think so. No. But she doesn't get credit. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, I think that's just so impactful for everyone here just to realize that this is a 17 year overnight success. It yeah. took hard work. It took commitment. It took failure. And it took getting right back up and doing it again. Right. And yeah. growing, growing. It's the, it's the, my friend writes a blog called Inchstones and she, you know, it's working with children that, um, you know, have disabilities or are ill. And it's like, you, you walked forward in Inchstones. And so it's not milestones, but it's bit by bit. And I think that can kind of go back to entrepreneurship as well, right? It's like, we want it to move fast. We want, we want to make these big leaps quickly, but it's the little things that we do. It's those decisions we make moment to moment. Yeah. That are the biggest decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is just, just hold on tight, drink a glass of wine and keep going. Uh (laughs) Or a bottle. Make sure the kids just, you know, the kids just are kind of like living through it, you know? They are, you know, it's my, um, 10 year old. So, you know, COVID's changed things for like working moms in general and how they participate with school. So my oldest is 17. And so, you know, I would always make sure I went for like the, the Christmas parties and the end of year parties. Right. And then they kind of took it away with COVID, which I was like, oh, <laughs> no more mom guilt, like <laughs> less things I need to go to that every other yeah. mom's going to, and I'm not. But, um, the one thing I do love is they do a career day at my elementary school and they let, um, parents come in and talk about it. And like for a year, I mean, I've done this for a span of like 10 years. Right. And 
the policemen and the firemen always get all the credit and like, and then the doctor comes in and the kids think that's boring unless they bring like syringes filled with like jello and cool stuff to do. But for the most part, it's not. And so what I do is I bring in like hats or sunglasses and I pass out markers and I have them design their own product. And so they color on it and whatever. And we talk about marketing and all the things, but um, you know, I think there's so much that entrepreneurs working moms in general, you teach their kids. And I, I love taking my kids to my job and I really try to push my employees to bring their kids too. not every day because we'd all be miserable. (laughs) (laughs) None of us want our kids there every day, but you know, like it's just awesome for them to come and see, like, you know, I would push you girls, even like your kids to come watch what you do one day, because to us, it's oh, natural. They can't stop watching. It's almost yeah. like it's all around them constantly at this point. <laughs> but you're molding a behavior yeah. that they cannot learn in school. Yeah, they can't. You know, period. And so, and I think that's pretty cool. And so, I'd say, like, to that mom that's, you know, or not mom, right? To that woman that's, you know, working her job and has that side hustle, and you know, think about how you're going to change not only your life, but how you're going to change the little lives of the eyes watching you and your customer. I mean, you're probably not selling product just to sell product. Like most manufacturers of products have an end goal in mind, like their product solves a problem, right? On any level, maybe it's the softest pajamas they've ever had, or the best brush they've ever had, or the best hairdryer or whatever. Um, But, you know, you're don't underestimate the cause that you're set out for. And, you know, and I think making a difference in people's lives is on any level is extremely rewarding. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great way to round out this, this um, podcast. Would you mind sharing with our listeners where they can follow you, listen to you um, and buy from you? Yes. Okay. So Kate and Lane, um, if you are curious about our brand and want to shop for the best baby shower gift ever, Cadenlane.com, <laughs> uh, same with Instagram, TikTok, all the social media. Our podcast is called I'm That Mom. Uh, you probably figured that out by now. I am that mom <laughs> that does all the things, but it's really cool, really real, you know, nitty gritty advice for new moms. And yeah, that's it. I mean, come and find us for sure. Or reach out to me. You know, I love, I love entrepreneurs. My, my heart will always be in it. Mm, go follow I'm That Mom and the Instagram as well. There's, um, yeah. I bet you're in there as well a little bit more. So thank you so much. Thank you for being so vulnerable and being that entrepreneur as well, right? Yeah. Being so willing to share <laughs> all the the highs and lows. And um, it's just been such a pleasure. Yeah, thanks it so was, much, Katie. Oh my gosh, it's been so fun. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the shop one in five pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop1in5.com. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop 1 in 5 pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change 
lives. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. 